And then I was talking to a counselor about it. She's like, yeah, just figure out how to do life together in all of these roles and don't feel like you have to be either the best GM or the best mom. You can, you can actually do both at the same time. You don't have to pick one or the other. And I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves that we think that we've got to be just one or the other. Um, and we don't have to fail at all of them. And it's okay to fail at one of them every now and then also. <laughs> Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today we have Rachel Inman on the show, and Rachel Inman has been 15 years in the hotel business, not an easy business. She's now founder of the Mortgage Mamas, and she runs a small mortgage team. We're going to talk a lot about today about how you can structure your life to be able to be home and be available to your kids, particularly maybe your teenage kids. We're going to talk about building a small team and what it's like to leverage your time and many other things. Rachel, so much, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And if you'll take us into what was it like being in the hotel industry and how is that different from being in mortgage and real estate? Yeah, well, Matt, thanks first for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here and I'm just happy to be part of the community and learn from you. Um, so as far as being a hotel manager, oh my goodness, it was quite a quite a show. We always joke that when you're in the hotel, you have hotel blood in you. And once you're in the hotel industry, there's no really like taking you out of the hotel industry. So our joke now is you can take the hotel of the girl, but you can't take the girl of the, the, girl of the hotel. You can take the hotel of the girl. And um, so my mortgage team is actually made up of all hoteliers. <laughs> so we rock on the customer service side. But the hotel industry is interesting because it's an uh, we call it addicting, honestly. Um, I did it for 15 years. I grew from front desk clerks. I just needed a, I needed a job to pay my bills when I moved to this area and I had an apartment. I was like, I need a job. Let me just apply for a front desk position. I got it um, as I walked out the door of the hotel and then just had great mentors that poured into me and quickly grew from hotel front desk manager, front desk supervisor, front desk manager, and then um, moved into assistant GM roles, general manager, and then ended up doing a lot of, um, and helping with a lot of corporate responsibilities as far as HR training. But I'll tell you, being a hotel general manager for um, 11 years was quite interesting and I have a lot of dinner time entertaining stories um, but it's aggressive and it is demanding of your time so I worked between 70 and 80 hours most weeks um, so it's 70 or 80 hours per week um, and was away from my family for that time but it's a wild ride it's a fun industry if you're looking for something lively and and a good time it's definitely a good time um, but you could easily suck the life out of you at the same time um, but it's a great community of people and pretty special because you get to help families make vacation memories if you're at a resort um, and then corporate hotels, of course, you're doing conferences and all that. But um, it's a really fun industry. I really enjoyed it while I was in it. So each industry generally has certain like virtues or values or personality types that work well within it. What would you say is the necessary component for success there? Is it just being a workaholic? Is it like speed? What What are the things that work well there yeah it's being able to say yes and not no <laughs> honestly it's all customer service driven um so the more we can say yes and come find a solution later is great when it comes to pleasing a customer so it's all about customer service scores in the hotel industry and then um, the other side is if you want to grow your career flexibility is key you've got to be willing to work till 
midnight or even the overnight shift from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. You've got to be willing to jump around and make beds one day. Like even as a general manager at a hotel, like that general manager might one day be making beds for two hours. And sometimes it's because it's necessary. And sometimes it's just to support the housekeeping staff and say, I'll do this too with you. I'll show you that I'm going to do this because I'm paying minimum wage to make beds. I'm, I'm happy to do it with you because a GM's out there making six figures. And a lot of it's just relatability and um, being able to encourage those people around you, but really it's all about the guest service scores. And as we move people into management in the industry, we teach them that they're customers, they're employees. So the associates of that hotel, as long as they're being treated really well and they're cared for, then those associates will care for the guests of the hotel as well. And so the big skill and trait, if you were to like say a, a, be a real estate investor, real estate agent that wanted to hire somebody like the hotel industry, you're going to get someone that's amazing in customer service if you're hiring from that industry. Yeah. And when you say the hotel, you can't take the hotel out of the girl. Does that mean essentially you can't take the customer service out of the girl? What is, what is that can't be taken out of? Yeah. So, so many things. So I joke um, because I actually, I have um, my old, my previous director of sales from the hotels on my mortgage team now as a loan officer and we joke because um, customer service is in our blood. It's never going to leave us. But then we also have these small things. Like if we travel for a mortgage conference, I check our hotel rooms for bed bugs every single time. <laughs> like I just can't not do that. Um, but yeah, the customer service piece just won't come out of us. And so we changed. And like I was also one of the, the like corporate HR trainers for the company. And so we've kind of shifted and have, are slowly changing the wellness industry with just our small team by educating our clients. So we do a lot of educational pieces, not just for our realtor partners, but for the actual home buyers. We do home loan consultations on Zoom and we send video reviews with every CD and initial loan estimate that goes out. So they're super educated at the closing table. And then we're talking to the client every single week just because it's in our blood. It's all we know how to do. And so it's been really fun to hear the difference from our realtor partners go, I've never had a loan officer actually call me when I received an offer to tell me about this, you know what I mean? Or, or call me and every single Tuesday morning and tell me where the loan's at or educate my borrowers. And that's just, and that's because we were educators in the hotel industry and the customer service piece is part of who we are as our, in like our natural personalities. And then you couple that with not being scared of hard work or long hours or late nights or whatever. And yeah. You're, you're good to go. Yeah, we're doing loans at midnight. It's like totally normal. Yeah. So being in that industry and working those hours didn't burn you out to working those hours then? So it more burns me out on the industry. Mm. Um, I'm a hard work ethic individual, so raised in a very moderate home. Um, I would say maybe middle class, lower middle class. My dad raised me with like the hardest work ethic, which is one of the reasons why I was able to grow my career so quickly in the hotel industry. And honestly, I see me as like, I capped out that career and then got to move over to this new industry and then build a second career. But in that, didn't want to get burnt out to the point where I didn't feel like I was living my life in the order that I wanted to live it in. So I'm a big fan of the phrase, rightly order your life. And so I wasn't rightly ordered in that mindset where I wasn't available to my family. My husband was home raising our kids and I was physically at that hotel or one of our hotels 70 hours a week. And so I just wasn't even available. Like I think that the hitter for this that drove at home was one day when I was actually off of work on a weekday, I went to go pick up my kids from school to surprise them. 
in the school ID'd me because they didn't know that I was their mom. And it was like April. They had been in school for eight months. And I was like, this is not good. Like their teachers don't even know who their mom is because I was already at the hotel before they got up and out of bed in the morning. And then they may have been in bed several times before I got home that night. And that was tough to swallow. But that was the day I was like, something's got to change. This is not what life's supposed to be like. Yeah. So once you discovered that something had to change, like what, what was the process in your mind to, to fix it? Yeah, I think, um, hmm. so I think at first was just, I was full of fear and also I had like that, you can't do anything else because hotels is all that you know, and then you're great at it. It brings you great joy. So I didn't want to do anything else. Honestly, I, it like gave me such a joy and it was like an addiction, honestly, because when you feel like, um, I'm the type of personality where if people need me, then that, that brings me joy and value in my life. So I like to be needed. And when I know that I'm needed somewhere, then I'm like, I'm so there and like 1000% committed, which is a fault of my own actually. And I'll tell you in my, gosh, I think my fourth year of being a GM, I actually started seeing a counselor for what she called was role confusion because I had such a hard time managing my roles when they were meshed together. So when I was at the hotel, I was like the best GM ever. And I was on it when I was home. I was super engaged with my kids. And what made me realize I was having this problem and couldn't actually like be a mom while at the hotel or be a wife while at the hotel was when my husband brought the kids into the hotel one day to see me. And instead of it bringing me joy, it completely stressed me out because I felt like I had to figure out how to balance both those roles in my life. And then I was talking to a counselor about it. She's like, yeah, just figure out how to do life together in all of these roles and don't feel like you have to be either the best GM or the best mom. You can, you can actually do both at the same time. You don't have to pick one or the other. And I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves that we think that we've got to be just one or the other. Um, and we don't have to fail at all of them. And it's okay to fail at one of them every now and then also. <laughs> this is such a great piece of advice. Um, I, I work with mindset coaches and a lot of different things to obviously try and be the best I could be. And that's one of the things that probably has been most helpful for me as well is like, if you're not seeing success in an area of your life, your bar is probably just too high. Like you have an yeah. eye for perfection where perfection is not possible or it's impractical. Yeah. yeah. Love that. So, all right. So you recognize, you get this advice, integrate it, but that might be a lot easier said than done. So what was the actual process of, of becoming integrated? Um, so it took four years and it also took me quitting my job. Hmm. Um, I think some, sometimes you get into a position and there's no getting out of it unless you completely walk away. Um, so I had a nickname, which I didn't know about until I went to a conference and at this conference, it was shoe themed. Like it was at a shoe hotel and lunch break was super, super cool. So, um, this pair of shoes they gave me were gold and I didn't know that I had the nickname, the golden girls. Um, for the hotel company that I was helping and working for at the time. And so um, I think, you know, you see that and you're like, oh, I am now the goal. You know what I mean? Like you start making this your identity and walking away from a piece of your identity is terrifying. So it took me four years and my husband and then my professional coach also to tell me to walk away. And when that professional coach on the very first call said, you need to quit your job, 
I just laughed in his face. He's like, you're out of your freaking mind, dude. I can't believe I just paid a thousand dollars for this phone call. You gave me. And I told him it was crazy. And then three months later, um, finally left the hotel industry and jumped into the morning industry to try something new and in a space that I could be more available to my family and more like rightly order what are my priorities in my life. Was his recommendation to quit your job solely based on not being able to have integration with your family? Um, no, actually, I think the majority of his was, hey, you have this skill set to run hotels, to like build, renovate, break cultures, build cultures, hire, fire, and coach teams. You can do whatever industry you want to, and you want to do the mortgage industry so that you can be in business with your husband. And you're, he was just like, I'm 1,000% confident you'll be successful in it. So just quit your job today. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm not going to quit a salaried W-2, six-figure job with a bonus and go to full-time commission. That sounds nuts, especially when my husband is already on commission. And my, I told them both, I'm like, yeah, you guys are out of your mind. And then just took the leap of faith in uh, June of uh, 2020. I had my first July 4th holiday off in 15 years. And then I took off wow. most of the summer. I don't think I did anything that summer. <laughs> so crazy. Um, but it was great. So you're obviously a person that loves to serve and work hard. And so was it hard when you took that time off to just relax? Um, I thought it was going to be, but it really was not at all. I'm, okay. I do like to be busy for sure. So yeah. Um, I did so much stuff with my kids. I think in my my mind, I thought, okay, now's my chance to get some time back with my kids. So my kids are 15 and 13 today. Um, and so at the time, they were 12 and 10. And so we immediately, I also wanted time back with my family. So my extended family was all back in Indiana, and I live in Virginia. So um, I think I told my husband like a week later, after I had quit the hotel, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to go to Indiana and visit, take the kids and go visit family. And he's like, cool, when are you going to go? And I was like, we're going to leave tomorrow. <laughs> and so I just like up and left for three weeks in the middle of the summer to go spend time with family in Indiana. And like, honestly, not having to answer my phone or even have my phone near me was amazing. I used to sleep with my cell phone next to my bed. So if there was a fire alarm at 2 a.m. in the hotel, I would hear it and answer and respond because they needed me. And I was I thought I was the only person who would handle that, but really I had a team of managers who could totally handle that same phone call. But I was always the first call, and so I felt a responsibility to do that. So when I quit the hotel, I literally turned off my cell phone and stuck it in the kitchen junk drawer for like a week and a half. It was, and I was like, if my family needs me, they'll just call my husband. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing, and it was so freeing. That is. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies 
and got an inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. So great. So you essentially bought your time back. Obviously, there's a big scare because you have this great position. You're making a lot of money. How, how hard was it to become successful in the mortgage business? Ah, how hard. Um, I had a little bit of an easy button. So um, my best joke is that I sleep with my top referral partner, which is my husband. So be clear there. Um, And he's a successful realtor in the marketplace. So I had a really great base. Most loan officers, when they start in the loan industry, they might do one to four loans their entire first year. And I was doing four a month. Um, Mm. And so super lucky to kind of have that little easy button there. Um. And then the second piece of it was I had to shift through this mindset. I had imposter syndrome like crazy because I just came from being like the hotel expert to an industry that I knew nothing about. So my first year was just learning, 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 asking questions and learning. And then the second year was kind of like, let's start to form this team and get some processes and systems in place. And then the third year was start branding and marketing and like really growing our circle so that we have more loans coming in from a variety of different types of channels and realtors and circle of influences um, and not just relying on my husband. Wow. So 50 loans your first year, that's like throwing you in the deep end. That's a lot of loans to be doing year one. (laughs) Yeah, we did 48 the first year. Wow. That's so crazy. So what does your business look like today? So today, it's actually still just myself, and um, Amanda's the other half of the Mortgage Mamas is what we call her, and she's another yeah. one off our team, my previous director of sales from the hotel. Um, and her and I, just, despite, um, we've had a few offers to grow our team. We've had some uh, several loan officers ask to join our team. Um, we've had some offers for someone to buy our team, um, and we've turned it away because we really enjoy... Um, we love the entrepreneur side. We love working together because we've worked together for 10 years prior to this in the hotel industry. And we're super protective of our mortgage mama's culture, the educator and the nurturer of the loan process so that, um, and we don't just hand it over someone or just like blatantly let somebody in on that. Um, so we're really protective of that. Um, and so we're enjoying it being small. Um, one thing that's really hard for me, I think I shared earlier, it's hard for me to say no. I love saying yes and creating things. And um, I've had offers to help companies build out other mortgage companies or build with my mortgage company or build out sections of their um, teams in, in the real estate industry. And I've said no to those because I know that that will push me to 70 hours a week out of the home versus right now I'm probably working. I mean, this week I'm probably working 70 hours a week, but I'm here and available to my kids and they can just walk right into my home office and they know that I can like shut my computer down and go on a walk with a neighborhood or a bike ride in the neighborhood for an hour in the middle of the day. I want to. Yeah. And that's so crucial because I mean, especially, I mean, your kids are teenage age. It sounds like they don't need you every minute of the day, but when they need you, they need you. So it's great to have that flexibility. Yeah. And you know what we're learning? So, so many people when you're like, oh, I have teenagers and they're like, ooh, teenagers. And there's all this drama around having teenagers. 
This is by far my most favorite age because they're super engaged with us. Now, they might hide in their room and, and be on media for hours at a time, but when they want to hang out with us, they just come and get us. And when they do, their conversations are so deep. And, like, we'll go on a, an hour-long bike ride, and we'll talk about so many great deep things about life in general. And it's like, man, we went from having to, like, meet needs to real, like, intelligent, authentic conversations that are going to impact our relationship with our kids for the rest of their life. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's amazing. I, I agree with you. This is like my funnest age as well as a teenage where yeah. they're, they're almost, they're almost adults, but not quite there yet. Yeah. We're um, choosing like what adult they're going to be. Exactly. And you're starting to see it. Like I, I even had a conversation with my daughter this morning where it's like, she's like, okay, I want to do this. And so I'm obviously introducing her to my world. Cause I want her to be exposed to it. She doesn't love it. Um, but she's got some skills. So we're like trying to map out like, okay, well, where, where does this take you? So it's just kind of fun to put that on paper. I want to dive yeah. in a little bit to, to the fact that, I mean, you came from corporate world to non-corporate world. So take us through that journey. And um, even from like where there was structure to where there's not structure, how did you navigate that? Ooh, that's hard too, because with my personality, I love structure. Um, I also love being a member too. So what's interesting, mm. most people find this surprising about me because I'm I love to teach and I'll get up in front of people and, and teach all kinds of things. Um, but I prefer my, my lenience is I'm always leaning towards being a number two, not a number one. I love to have the visionary and then have that person tell me, here's what I want you to do. And then I figure out how to get it all done and make life happen. Um, so in the corporate world, I think that's one of the reasons why I grew so quickly is because structure exists in the corporate world. Whereas coming home, I mean, like that first summer, I got nothing done and even the first year, I was like, oh, I should probably buy a CRM. I should probably be tracking these, you know, and not just like just responding at that point. So because I moved out of that corporate environment with that structure, I became very just really more of a react reactive or responsive type individual. And then quickly learned, like, if I'm going to be successful in this, i got to be more proactive, know my business really well. I mean, I didn't even track a P&L my first two years. Honestly, it was just like money's coming in. Cool. <laughs> but now it's like, you've got, you've got to have that P and L structure, which I know so well, <laughs> you're right. Been there, done that, wrote, I don't know, thousands of P and L's and budget meetings and forecast packages. But like when you're on your own, it's super easy also to come out of that corporate environment and be like, Oh yeah, I work for myself now. And be like, so lazy. I mean, I'm talking like, yoga pants and t-shirts every day, no PL, just do the bare minimum. I think at first I was working maybe four hours a day, maybe. And I was loving it. And it was yeah, great. Of course. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, I needed in the morning, like I got to make my bed. I got to put earrings on and put some shoes on. Like that'll, that'll fix it for me. And so if I just do that, cause you go from like wearing suits and high heels every day to, <laughs> to coming home and you're like, cool. I'm just talking to people on the phone. They have no idea about my yoga bands and my tennis shoes, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you just kind of go back and forth. So it's super easy to make that that switch and fall into, like, this is a breeze. And then you're like, no, if I really want to own my business and grow my business, I've got to step it back up. And I've got to act like I'm running a huge corporation, even if I only have two people in my business. Because we gotta, we've got to look like people can trust us. And... We've got to be reliable, so we've got to have tracking systems and processes in place. And then the last piece is we've got to be good stewards of our funds. <laughs> so we've got to know our PML and know our money. 
hundred percent. That was like one of the interesting lessons too. Like you're like so thankful to get out of the corporate world and the nine to five and, or for your case, the, the 12 to 12. But, um, then all of a sudden you realize like, well, these companies are successful because everybody's working so hard and on a mission. Yeah. So take us into, you, you start getting some structure, you start putting this together. Like what, what happens as a result? Is that what allowed you to start doing marketing and to go to the next level? Yeah. So our next hire will be um, another loan partner to take some um, tasks off of myself and Amanda so that we can continue to ramp up and build this really great marketing campaign. We're doing some of that now, but we're also working 70 hours a week right now because as we continue to build, we need to hire on that next administrative type role so that we can focus more on the marketing piece. There's this really great book called Good to Great, and it has, you know, okay, cool. It has this cool flywheel concept of like, you know, you've got this wheel and to get your business moving, it's kind of bumpy at first, right? It's not super smooth. And as you get more processes and systems in place and those people in place, then that flywheel will start to roll on its own so that you can walk away for even maybe a month long vacation at one point in time and things just keep moving because it's got that great momentum. And so that would be our next goal is to get that done. Um, that will be year four goal, right? So this year, and um, we're close to that. We're really excited about the momentum that we're getting. And I think the other book that I reference is Who Not How because I don't have to do everything. I've just got to find the right people to take on these tasks. So that one, I can free up more time for my family and too. We're doing more business in a very smooth manner. Yeah. Those are powerful books. Both of those are very, yeah, very powerful books. Ones. Yeah. Who Not How has probably had a bigger impact on me from the standpoint of just delegation is such a multiplier if you've got a decent business going on. Yeah. Um, what is the craziest real estate transaction or loan transaction in this case that you've experienced so far? Loan transaction? Hmm. I don't know. I think... I'm not gonna lie. Loans are kind of boring, um, so and and we get those special clients who just sometimes they do things and they don't they don't realize the consequence of it. So someone might quit their job in the middle of doing a loan, or maybe two days before closing. We've had that happen before. Had somebody forget to make a car payment and their credit score dropped forty points and it pinged us, and you know just like the stuff that you can't really control. It's just like. We talked about this. Why'd you quit your job and not tell me? This is a problem, <laughs> right? Um, but if like you're looking for an entertaining story, I have a good hotel acquisition story. If you want to nice. hear that one, sure. <laughs> so that one, um, our company was buying a hotel in a small community in North Carolina on the coastline. I'll leave it at that. And um, we, this hotel was a community icon. It had been there for years. Was like just part of the community. So. We're like, okay, we just need to be very gentle as we enter into this community. It was our first hotel in this community. And I'm the lucky girl who got um, uh, put in charge of to help with, like, renovations, coordinate um, the, t the team in the hotel. So we went to the hotel, purchased the hotel, and then we had to shut down the hotel. I had to lay off all the team members in the hotel except for one and then renovate the hotel rehire team members and new team members and then reopen and rebrand that hotel. So we're there. I'm living in North Carolina at this point about four days a week. 
um, and running a hotel in Virginia Beach at the same time. So I'm there three days a week at, in the North Carolina home, four days a week. And um, I think I'm like, well, I'm here. I need to somehow engage in the community, meet these people, let them know who I am as well. So, and I need a haircut. So I'm multitask. I'll go get my haircut. This is a great idea, right? I just shut down this hotel and laid off these two people. So I go get my haircut and I'm at the salon and I'm waiting to be called. And I quickly list, like realize as I'm listening to all the conversations, like all of these ladies know each other and they're all talking about their lives. Like they know each other, like they're all neighbors. And you know, I'm talking about everybody else who's not here in this room right now. And I was like, this may have been a terrible idea. I should go. So as I get up to leave, the lady calls me and she's like, you're ready? I'm like, okay. So I slip in the seat and I'm thinking, this is not going to go well. She's got a pair of scissors at the back of my head. And she's asking me, so you're not from around here. So mm-hmm. you're right. She goes, yeah, I don't recognize you. What are you doing here? Because you're getting a haircut. You must be here for a while. And so then, like, my truth teller, like, I, I'm just not a liar. Can't lie. Doesn't feel good. So, I'm like, oh, I'm here for work. And I try to leave it super vague. And she said, tell me what work. I said, I work in hotels. And she goes, oh, did you just buy that one hotel? And it's like, my company did. I'm like trying to blame my company at this point. I'm like, my company did. She goes, mm, were you the lady who laid off all the team members there? I said, yes, yes, I was. And so she's now announcing it to everybody else in the salon. I'm this lady who's, you know, come with this company into town, bought this hotel, laid off the team members. And um, it was a very tense conversation. She was very curt, but she was very inquisitive, very nosy. Um, but in the end, everything worked out okay. I got in the car afterwards, still had my hair left. Right. And was like, I'm just never doing that again in my life. <laughs> right. But everything turned out fine. We got the hotel opened up fine, but it was a terrifying moment for me. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. How small was the town? Um, very small. Um, and they, they all, like, know each other. They all go to the same places. Everyone kind of owns a piece of each other's business, too, so they are really good at sh- sharing resources. Um, and very kind people, Just but when you are an outsider, they know it, especially when you're there in their off-season. It's a tourist town. So when you're there in the wintertime, they're like, and they don't recognize you, you stick out like a sore thumb, and they really don't know why the heck are you there. Wow. Yeah, that could obviously make you know, starting a hotel, but the hotel ended up doing well. It sounds like. Yeah, it did great. We actually ended up rehiring back majority of those team members and then some. So we created more jobs. It's a beautiful hotel. It runs really well. It's got great guest service scores and um, it was a fun project to do. Um, Tough in the beginning because you've got to make these hard decisions. You've got to close it down to be able to renovate. Um, And so people lost jobs temporarily, um, which is never easy. Those are, you know, no matter how hard those conversations are, you know, I've probably had between um, separations, doing performance or layoffs, I've probably had over 600 of those conversations, but it never makes them easier when you're delivering that conversation. Yeah. So what do you, what's your vision for your life and your business the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah. So I am really happy where I am today. I'm okay saying no to opportunities. Um, my goal is to build my very small mortgage team of up to six or seven of us, um, do 40 loans a month with the six or seven of us. And then from there, I'm just going to kind of keep it that way until my youngest is graduated from high school. And then once they're off doing their own thing, it's go time. I can do whatever I want again. Um, 
but right now what I want is to be available for my two teenagers and, and be hanging out with them. So I'm excited that over the next five years, four or five years, I get to really streamline those processes and nail that down. We'll be that, that flywheel in the Good to Great book. By the time my kids are out of the home, we'll be able to grow the business any way which we want because we'll have such a smooth operating system going. Um, so I'm kind of excited about that and eager to see what happens in the next four or five years. But right now, I'd like to keep it super simple. I think um, I love change. I love growing things. But it's weird for me to say, like, I want to keep it simple and I want to grow, like, methodically and mm. kind of quietly for now. Love that. Well, Rachel Inman, yeah. thank you so much for sharing about your life and your business and how you're balancing being a mom and work and, and being a wife and all those wonderful things. So guys, if you're out there listening, write down something that you've learned from today, whether it's like, hey, maybe you should be hiring people from the hotel business, particularly maybe general managers. If you need someone to run your team, there's a lot of great people in the hotel industry that might need a better opportunity, or maybe it's just the, the level of service and action required to build a great team. So whatever it is, write down what you learn, share it with somebody you know, so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 